Get your tickets now for Emma's Footprints 8th Annual Winter Gala happening on Saturday, March 4th at the Ambassador Center. This is a fun night out. Gather your friends, get dressed up, put your dancing shoes on, and come support Emma's Footprints. Tickets are now on sale. Head to our website at www.emmasfootprints.com to grab yours. Doors open at 5 p.m. We hope to see you on March 4th. listening to Confessions of a Grieving Mother by Emma's Footprints. Each week we will be bringing you stories to give you a real look on what families go through after they experience a pregnancy or infant loss. Our goal is to help educate, support, and break the stigma around this topic. Be prepared for tears and laughter as we remember our babies. This is going to be real, raw, and vulnerable, so get your boots on. It's going to be messy. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to another episode of Confessions of a Grieving Mother. My name is Julie Gus's mom. And I am Tracy Emma's mom. And on the phone, we have Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hello. And whose mama are you? I'm Peanut's mama. Oh, oh I can't wait to hear about Peanut. Um, where are you calling yeah. us from, Sarah? Um, I'm from Brevard, North Carolina. Oh. So right in the middle of the mountains, western North Carolina. Wow. Okay. I've never heard of that no. place. No. <laughs> that place. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a fun little touristy town. We even have a store called O. P. Taylor's. It's a toy store. <laughs> oh. So Is yeah, that it's what, a fun little place. Where that, what do you buy? Yeah. Like w- like a town that we would um, hear of. Yeah, like are you by Raleigh? Yeah, we're or like, are you by you know? uh, no, it's on the western side. Okay. So like halfway between Asheville, North Carolina and Greenville, South Carolina. <gasps> okay. How far are you from Greenville? Um, about an hour. Okay. My brother and sister-in-law and little niece and nephew live there. Oh, fun. Yeah. We're down there all the time. Oh, <laughs> I love downtown Greenville. I love, what is the yeah, ice cream place? Really Spill the beans. Mm. <laughs> yes. I love Spill the Beans. Oh my gosh. If you go there, please take a picture and text it to me. <laughs> yes. So I can be jealous. <laughs> okay. Or next time I'm down there, uh, I'll call you. Hey, yeah. Sarah, maybe it's Spill me- the Beans. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> There you go. Let's yeah. do that. So like homemade ice cream? Oh, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a creamery? Oh, it's, it is, it's listen. It's like a coffee shop slash ice cream shop yeah, at I, the I don't, same time. I don't know what. It's just good. It's so good. I've been around it, it's really the country. You know, I'm not like an ice you're cream connoisseur. You're a world traveler. Listen, kind it. of. But <laughs> some some ice cream places, you're like, ew, this yeah. tastes like soap. Yeah. Like, woof. Yeah. Not all ice cream is good. <laughs> yeah. Um, Agreed. Spilled yeah, beans. That's true. Phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> Highly recommend. <laughs> five out of five stars. <laughs> Sarah, how did you hear of Emma's Footprints? Um, I think actually you guys reached out to me <laughs> the first time. Um, I'm not sure exactly. I, I'm on Instagram at, um, at Pregnancy After Lost Doula. Okay. Um, and I think you guys may have shared something of mine. Oh. And so it just came up that I was tagged in your stories or something. And I was like, oh, I don't know who these people are. I need to find out who they are. <laughs> that sounds familiar. I think we've chatted. I think we've messaged. Yeah. That was me. Yeah. Okay. So we've yeah, stalked you. Great Good job. Yep. <laughs> we stalked Sarah. <laughs> yeah. And then I stalked you and listened to a lot of episodes all in like one afternoon and was like, this is a really cool group. I like that. <laughs> well, that's kind. So. We're just over here. Yep. Figuring it out. <laughs> Day to day. Day to day. 
Yes, it's a daily thing. <laughs> For sure. So, Sarah, tell us about, um, just tell us a little bit about yourself. You're, are you originally from North Carolina? No, I'm not. I'm, I am 26 years old, and I've moved 31 times <gasps> in my life. Stop <laughs> it. So That's a fun I'm fact. I'm like, everywhere. <sighs> Wait a second. When yeah. you're like in, in a new atmosphere and you're like, tell us what's like thing a party about trick. You. Yeah. You're like, I'm 26 and I've moved 31 times. <laughs> what about you? Yeah. If you would have said that, I would be like, no, <laughs> wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I grew up mostly in like the Rocky Mountain West area, um, Colorado, Utah, Wyoming, those states. Um, and then when I was in college, my parents moved to North Carolina. And so when I finished college, I moved down to live with them. And I was dating my now husband at the time, and he moved down to be closer to me. Um, and then we got married, and my parents left, and we stayed. So here we are. Wow. <laughs> what, so we've what's lived been here, your... I've lived here four and a half years, and that's longer than I've lived anywhere else in my life. Wow. So. And somebody yeah. sent her some ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> what's been your favorite <laughs> place? I mean, I know that might be a hard question, but is there, like, a favorite <laughs> that sticks out? Um, I love Colorado. I, I miss Colorado, mm, but, um, I also love it here. It took me a little while to learn to love it here cause it's just so different, mm. but, um, I do love it here in Western North Carolina. So, and so you met your husband where? In Wisconsin. Okay. In college. Okay. Yeah. We went to a, a little tiny Christian college called Maranatha Baptist University up there, um, and we were set up by friends, and I avoided meeting him for almost a year because I was like, if we don't meet, then our friends won't be right. <laughs> yeah. What's his name? Colton. Colton. When yeah. you met him, did you know he was the one? She knew before. Yes, That's why she didn't want to meet him. She was like, I already know. Our very, our very, very, very first meeting was because I ran into him, like, physically. Physically. <laughs> Um, and that's how we met. <laughs> Our second Is there security camera meeting? footage of you running into him or a ring doorbell yeah. that caught that? I don't know. <laughs> Go and find out. Um, then our second, like, actual meeting um, was because one of those friends who was trying to set us up finally told Colton, hey, you need to call Sarah and you need to meet her and you need to talk to her. So he had a friend call me. <laughs> to come to the student center and when I got there he set me down and he said so our friends think we should date but that's kind of serious so I think we should get to know each other a little oh. bit first and were you like hey and you're the jerk that meeting. ran into me <laughs> yeah yeah I remember and, um, he didn't yeah. remember running into me so that was good I guess how convenient but <laughs> yeah that very first conversation was just like super down to earth and very practical and like, he just laid out his intentions so clearly. <laughs> um, my mom calls it the business proposal because <laughs> that's really kind of what it was. <laughs> Did he have a PowerPoint but, prepared? Yeah. Yeah, almost, just about. Um, but it was just what I needed, um, really. Like, I was at a place where if I was going to be in a relationship at all, it needed to be very straightforward and there needed to be no games involved. Yeah. So, um and my husband is a very practical, logical person. <laughs> so that was just helpful for me to have somebody who just laid it out and said, our friends think we should date, 
but let's get to know each other and this is who I am. Who are you? Yeah. And it was good for me. So And the rest is history. When did you guys get married? Yeah. We got married in March of two thousand nineteen. So almost four years ago. Yeah. And then COVID hit. Yeah. And then you were Yes. Just finished we were your newlywed year. Yeah. 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 The tail end and of then that. you were stuck in the house uh-huh, together. Uh-huh. And you survived it. Like, and that was great. Yeah. <laughs> then well done. Although we had a friend from Brazil come and stay with us for about a month. And um, in a one-bedroom apartment, there were three of us. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and we had a grand old time. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> so what did it look like um, talking about growing your family? Yeah. Um, so we talked about kids before we were even officially dating that was part yeah, of the powerpoint was, oh, yeah colton <laughs> made sure that happened yeah yeah we love 2.5 kids um, <laughs> yeah my mother-in-law knew a couple that um the wife wanted kids and the husband didn't but they didn't have that conversation until after they were married and so it was really hard on their relationship yeah and so for her children it was really important to her that they talked with their significant others about children so Colton and I had known each other maybe three weeks. Wise and information. He set me down <laughs> one weeks. day and he was like, hey, what do you think about kids? And I was like, I love kids. And he's like, good, me too. <laughs> I guess they can continue in this relationship. It's like we can pass go. I mean, um, in, all, in all jokes aside, yeah. it's seriously yeah. so true. I mean, right. if you yeah. are not on the same. That's a deal breaker. Yeah, it is. And it should yeah. not yeah. be pursued. And it's like, okay, hey, great hanging out. Right. But mm-hmm. So in that conversation, I asked him, how many kids do you want? And he said five. And I said, well, I want six. Oh, Ooh, geez. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys are on the same. 5.5. We'll settle at 5.5. Yeah. <laughs> five so, kids and a dog. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we went right into our, um, like, very early days of our relationship, knowing that if the Lord worked it out for us to get married, then we wanted to have kids. Um. So we got married March 2019, and sometime in the summer of 2020, we started talking about maybe it's time to start trying for kids, Um, And because we we knew that we wanted several children, and so the earlier we got started, the earlier we would be done. (laughs) Right, fair. Did both of you come from big families? um, I do. I have four siblings, so there's five of us. my husband's mom had diabetes, and so after her third kid, she was told, you'll die if you have another child. Oh. So um, they stopped at three, but always wanted more and mm-hmm. always wished for more. Mm-hmm. So my husband grew up with a big family mentality, even if his family was smaller. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. The spirit of the big family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I have three at home, so that's 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 big for me. <laughs> that's a good way of putting yeah. it. Yes, it is big. Yeah. <laughs> um, both of us grew up among, like, where all of our close family friends had seven or more children. Wow. So even for me, five kids in my family felt a little small compared to all of our friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so our my parents' very best friends have ten children altogether. So wow. big families was not weird to us. Right. That was um, your norm. Yeah. So that was what we wanted. Um. So we started trying for a baby in the fall-ish of 2020 and found out that we were pregnant um, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. And 
Um, I was 99% sure that I was pregnant over Thanksgiving break. Um, but we were staying with my in-laws and going back and forth between my in-laws and my parents. <laughs> and I was like, I can't take a test because I don't want them to know if I actually am pregnant quite yet. Um, and so we waited until we got home. We got home at like one o'clock in the morning on Sunday morning and went straight to bed. And I was up at four ready to take that test because yeah. <laughs> I was so sure it would be positive. And it was, it was a blazing like die stealer positive. Um, and no one in our immediate families had ever experienced loss. And so I just thought, like, I knew that loss happened. Um, I was already a doula um, and worked with families who were pregnant and having babies. I knew that loss happened, but I just didn't expect it to happen to us. Mm-hmm. So I, like, went in and woke up my husband and waving this test in his face. And he's like, what does this mean? And I said, it means we're going to be parents. We're going to have a baby. And... Um, we both sat there and cried (laughs) we were just so excited and, um, immediately got on Amazon looking for gifts to give our siblings and our parents to say, you're going to be grandparents and you're going to be aunts and uncles. And, um, it was the first grandbaby on both sides of our family. Oh, wow. So it was really exciting for us. Um, and we planned on telling them all on Christmas Eve, um, because my family traditionally does Christmas on Christmas Eve, um, like all the gift opening and stuff. And we didn't want to wait until Christmas morning to tell Colton's family. <laughs> so Christmas Eve it was. Mm. Um, and his family was coming for Christmas and staying with us. And they were going to come the day before Christmas Eve. So it was a good plan in our minds. Um, we'll wait this long and that way we'll... Well, I was hoping we would have our first appointment by then and have ultrasounds to show them. Um, but our first appointment wasn't scheduled until New Year's Eve. Oh, they and did not follow the plan. <laughs> they didn't yeah. see it. They it was didn't... like, well, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so three days before Christmas, December 22nd, um, I had a little bit of spotting. And being a doula, I knew that some spotting was normal. But being a first-time mom, I was like, this is not okay. We need to get this checked out. And, like, my gut just told me that something was wrong. Um, but it was still 2020. And all of the rules and regulations about doctor's appointments and stuff. Um, so I called the doctor, and he said, you can go ahead and come in, but your husband won't be allowed. And you'll have to come in and wear a mask and, you know, all of the things that we did because it was covid Um, so I went in first thing in the morning on Tuesday and, um, they brought me into the ultrasound room and I should have been about seven and a half weeks along. And we saw this little teeny tiny baby that I knew was too small. Mm -hmm. Um, and the ultrasound tech looked at me and she was like, this baby seems too small for what you're telling us. I'm going to go get the doctor. And I'm sitting there freaking out. And I, I knew, I knew what they were going to tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was laying there alone in this room waiting for the doctor to come in. And I, I didn't know what else to do but pray. And so I asked the Lord to help me to trust him no matter what the answer was. 
um, and begged him <laughs> that somehow I was wrong yeah. and that everything was fine, but that either way, no matter what, that I would choose to trust him and choose to believe that he was still good, even when my heart was literally being ripped apart inside my chest. <laughs> right. Um, so the doctor came in and she was eight months pregnant. So oh, wow. that was an extra piece of the puzzle. <laughs> but there was she no came other doctor on staff. Everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was not the wisest choice on their part. But um, she looked at everything and didn't really say anything to me. Um, and turned around and started typing, and she wrote the word spontaneous abortion, oh, or spontaneous she, abortion, she did not. on the screen. Mm. And I was devastated. <laughs> um, so she turned back around, and she was like, so there's no heartbeat, and do you know what that means? And I said, it means my baby died. And she said, yeah, yeah, that's what it means. And she said, do you have any questions? And I said, No. <gasps> I don't think so. And <laughs> she said, okay, well, then we're going to send you home. And if you have, um, if you fill more than a pad in an hour, then come back or go to the emergency room. But otherwise, we'll see you on your originally scheduled date and we'll discuss your options then. And so then she left. I think and Julie just it. threw up in her mouth a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think. Part of it was that she was struggling because mm. she was pregnant. And um, I, I know that she had had losses in the past, so I think it might have been triggering for her. Um, and But she, she was just very businesslike and cold and sterile about the whole thing. Um, oh, I did ask her, what are the chances that we're wrong? And what are the chances that the baby is still alive? And she said it was probably a 1 in 20 chance. Um, but you know, that little part of you that doesn't want to admit that you're right, yeah. um, tried to hold on to that one in 20 chance, one in 20 chance. Um, and I was still very much in shock. There was, it was kind of just trying to process the information. Um, so I left her office or their office right through the waiting room, saw other pregnant moms, um, saw a mom with a brand new baby on the way out. All those things that, that the little details that you remember. Yeah, they're burned in your brain. Hey, we're going to take a quick break because I think Julie and I have a lot of questions <laughs> about what just yeah, happened. Sure. Um, okay, so we'll be right back after this break. Emma's Footprints 8th Annual Winter Gala is taking place on Saturday, March 4th at the Ambassador Center. And we want to thank our platinum sponsors. Accudine Products, Custom Cycle Hydrographics, and Erie's number one hit music station, Star 104. Thank you for your continued support and allowing Emma's to say yes to every family who needs our services. Okay, Sarah, so I actually I have a couple questions. <laughs> First yeah, off, yeah. um, what made you want to become a doula and Great how long question. have you been a doula? Yeah. Um, I started my doula training in January of 2020, right before the world shut down. Yeah. <laughs> um, perfect time. You were preparing but, for something you did yeah. not know. <laughs> yeah. So before all of that, um, 
the family that I mentioned that they have 10 kids that's really close with my family, um, their seventh was born in my parents' bedroom when wow. I was nine or 10 years old. Well, that's, um, a, that's a memory burner there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Core memory. Yep. Um, but for me, for me, it was like, hey, birth is really cool. Yeah. So there was that. And then there's also, I guess even before that, um, I'm a twin, but mm. my twin sister is two months older than me. Um, so she was born in Go January. on. <laughs> yeah. Insert record born in scratch. January. Yeah. <laughs> she was born in January at 24 weeks. Um, my parents wow. thought that they were losing both of us. Um, and with premature labor and Rachel had an infection in her amniotic sac that I did not have. So they were able to deliver her, but keep me in for another two months. That's a and, whole nother podcast. Um, wow. Sarah, we're signing you we up for yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That is it's part really two. Cool. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I grew up hearing our birth story, yeah. which was a very medical. Have you been on the Today Show? <laughs> <laughs> Have you been on Oprah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my parents were on the Maury Povich show back in the 90s. Wait, for real? <laughs> yeah, they were. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's just too good. Yes. Yeah, you were messing with me. For your story, Sarah? For your no. and your sisters? Yeah, they were They were on the show a week after I was born. Oh, my gosh. <gasps> that is they so interesting. They left us in and went to New York City. <laughs> <laughs> and you so, do not no. let them forget that. <laughs> No, of course not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they brought us gifts. Yeah. <laughs> T-shirt, a onesie that my parents. You were on the Mari. Yeah. <laughs> All I got was a stinking onesie. <laughs> parents took off to New York City. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wait. Can so, we find this on YouTube? This is like yeah. <clears throat> this is all over the place. My original question was. <laughs> No, why I'm did sorry. you become a doula? No, 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 no. It's just so funny how all of these things played into why yeah, you became yeah, a doula. Like so many mi- moving pieces. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, there was a lot. And your sister, um, how is her? Is she okay? Like, did she have health complications? Yeah, she did. Um, she had a brain bleed a couple weeks after birth, and so she has cerebral palsy oh. um, and can't walk. But she graduated high school with me. Um, and she's a hoot. <laughs> she's just so funny. Um, so she just turned 27 this week and we're in between our birthdays. And you're 26. Um, yeah, I'm 26. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> Never heard so, of that. And I will be 27 until March. So, wow. Um, yeah. So I grew up hearing our birth story and then I was born C-section. So the sister right after me was a V-back. Mm. Um, and then my mom had two more children. Um, you had a lot of birth terms with, in your house. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of birth stories in our family. Yeah, yeah. And then um, our friends had their baby in our house, so I got to see home birth. <laughs> and um, So I've just always been interested in birth. You were a doula general. before you were a doula. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> um, so and cool. And you know, when you go to events and all the ladies sit around and they talk about all of their births I was always just so enthralled and thought that it was so cool Mm. um but I didn't even know that doulas existed until technically I started midwife school um and I started midwife school and I was required to take a doula training for midwife school um and then the world shut down and I couldn't do my clinicals for midwife school and we were newlyweds and really didn't have a lot of money anyway (laughs) and so I dropped out of midwife school but I also told my husband I think this doula thing is what I really want to do like I I want to be the emotional 
and physical support for families going through birth. Yeah, so important. And he was like, if that's what you want to do, then do it, and mm-hmm. I will support you 100%. Um, so that's what I did. <laughs> and so going into our first pregnancy, I knew so much about pregnancy and mm-hmm. birth, but I didn't know a whole lot about loss. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and after we were can, told, I, can I ask a question? The doula training, yeah, I... Mm-hmm. Did they speak about loss at all in the doula training? Um, they talked about stillbirth, like late-term stillbirth. Okay, but that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, like they, well, they talked about when the baby dies, right? Like at full term, yeah. And you know that the baby has passed, and then they talked about when the baby dies during labor, and that was really it. Mm. Um. And they didn't give a whole lot of details on how to support that. It was just kind of, you'll have to show a lot of extra compassion. Right. And that it's was like about a paragraph. They, mm-hmm. they gave a paragraph. Yeah. To, yeah. To loss. Um, AKA, and- go figure it out, but we'll give you no tools. Right. Right. Good, good luck. I'm going to go. That's going to happen to you. women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Report back they on your findings because <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's they not funny, but it's so of- true. Yeah, yeah, it is true. Um, they included a video in the training of, like, um, some parent testimony about their baby um, and, like, their story. Um, but that was, I mean, what does a the video extent, do if you don't right? get tools with the video, mm-hmm. I guess, Yeah. Um, as part of a training? So, anyway. Okay, that was a good um, question, Julie. What was your second one? Cause, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's I was just going to say, like, when you were given the news, I'm uh-huh. sure the doula inside of you kind of steps out because that's not who you are in the moment. You are the lost mom. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Can you, do you remember like, I I don't know if there was any coping mechanism in that moment or did you talk to yourself in your brain? Like this happens or no, or I don't know. What was the scenario played out? Um, in my brain, it was first, how do I tell my husband? Mm -hmm. And what do I tell him? Mm Um, because he couldn't be there because it was COVID right? and he was working at home. He had decided to wait until he heard from me before he went to work that day. Were you, but Um, when you left, was it like a, Oh, Hey, I'm just going to get this checked out. Do you think he was nervous? What did he say? Uh, He was definitely, I think Mm. he was more nervous than I was. Honestly. Um, we prayed together before I left that no matter what the result was, um, that we would still choose to trust the Lord and, that we would, um, that we would be okay through it. If that makes sense, we just didn't really know what to pray, but we were both nervous. Um, so, yeah. So my first thought was, how do I tell Colton? And then my second thought was, I have to do some research. I have to find out what to expect because they're not telling me here. And like that doula part of me did kick in. And it was, there has to be evidence on this. There has to be choices. I have to have some way that I can be in control of this. Um, like, there there has to be options out right. there. Yep. I just don't know what they are yet. Um, yeah, so I left the doctor's office, and I called my husband from the car, and I didn't start crying until he his face came up on FaceTime. <laughs> and... Um, and he just said, don't say anything yet. Just come home. <laughs> and I think he was afraid I would get in a wreck or something from yeah. crying too hard. <laughs> oh, wow. So I drove home and 
he met me at the door of our apartment and I didn't really have to tell him. Um, we just cried together oh. and prayed together and cried some more. And then he said, okay, what are the chances that we're wrong? And I said, I already asked that. <laughs> One in 20. One in 20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he said, okay, well, let's call our parents. And I said, I don't want to call our parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have to tell them that they're going to be grandparents, but that their grandbaby is already in heaven. I don't mm-hmm. want to tell them that. Um, and he was like, Sarah, we need support and we need people to pray for us. We can't do this by ourselves. So we called our parents. Wise words. And yeah. Um, and our parents found out in the same breath that they were grandparents but that they were lost grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did. They prayed with us, and they listened to us, and um, they gave us, you know, hugs through the phone as much as you can do that. <laughs> um, and they just loved us really well. And um, you said, and okay, you my, were, where did your parents, where were they at? How far away were they? Yeah, my, my parents, we're in Arizona. Okay. Um, and my in-laws were in Wisconsin, and we live in North Carolina. So, <laughs> big distances. Yeah, between. for sure. Um, but my in-laws were leaving the very next morning to come down here for mm-hmm. Christmas. Um, so my mother-in-law said, "Don't worry about feeding us. Don't worry about your house being cleaned. Um, we'll come and we will take care of you." Um, that's amazing. So they did. Um, my husband has two sisters, um, one older and one younger, and they, they came and Colton needed my father-in-law. Um, they're already best friends. Um, but dad just sat with Colton and just listened to him for hours. (laughs) Um, my husband processes by talking. Um, and then my mother-in-law and my sisters-in-law cleaned my house and Aww. cooked and made sure that I was taken care of. Um, my natural tendency when I'm stressed or hurting is to not eat. Um, so they made sure that I ate and that I drank water <laughs> and that I showered and all the basic necessities of life. <laughs> um, so for the people listening that say, how can I serve my, insert, you know, sister, friend, co-worker yeah. after they've had a loss um, rewind and listen to what Sarah yeah. just said yeah. <laughs> and then go do just it just come and do the practical thing yes because <laughs> um, when you're processing shock and grief mm-hmm. you don't think of those practical mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have the mental capacity to do them so having my in-laws here helped a lot with that um And they, we have a one bedroom apartment, so there was no room for them to stay here, (laughs) but they stayed with a friend. Um, But they were over here every day, making sure that I was okay. And we had kind of planned things, but they were like, let's throw all the plans out the window and we will just do whatever you need us to do. Um, So we, we sat in the house and we watched movies and we played card games and we did go on one hike, but that was really it. We didn't really do much that Christmas. Yeah. But um, I'm going to stop you and say you did a lot mm-hmm. in yeah. the, in the emotional sense mm-hmm. in the, you know, caring for yourself sense. And so I, th- I think people yeah, have to, you know, re- kind of reframe that. I think it's just important 
mm-hmm. to reframe those things. Yeah. And you, yeah. you, you were starting no, to heal, yeah. you know, and that's a big deal. Yeah. You're yeah. creating a healthy you're space. Exactly right. mm-hmm. The emotional ICU yeah, that did. Pam mm-hmm. says. <clears throat> yeah. So they left sometime in the week between Christmas and New Year's. Um, and we went back to the doctor on New Year's Eve because that was when our original appointment was. Um, and we were, were you still bleeding? The, Did the bleeding ever pick up? I, it, no, it actually stopped in mm. between. Like there had been that little bit of spotting and then there was nothing. Um, I had a little bit of spotting on Christmas Day and then nothing again. And so it was just, it was a really slow mm. progressing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I still had morning sickness. I still had... Um, so there was probably like 1% of you You're that like, was hey, holding I'm the one on in 20. To like, I'm going to, yeah, I got to hold on yeah. to this. Like these yeah. things are still adding up. Like obviously in the long run, we yeah. know that your body still thinks it's pregnant. And so that's why morning sickness yeah. happens. And, <clears throat> and there was a big part of us that was still praying, Lord, help us be wrong and yeah, please yeah. do a miracle. Right. Please let us be wrong and please do a miracle. Um, so we went back on New Year's Eve. And it was a different doctor, a male doctor, that he was so kind and so careful and mm-hmm. so compassionate with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I started going in by myself. My husband was waiting in the car. And the doctor, the doctor himself met me at the, in the waiting room and was like, where's your husband? And I said, he's in the car. He said, go get him Tone to come in because he needs to be part of this too. Wow. Um, and so Colton came in with me. Um, and he asked my permission first before doing the ultrasound. He was like, this, is, this might be really hard for you. Are, are you okay with that? And I was like, yes, I think I'm okay with that. I have my husband. I have you. We'll be okay. Yeah. Um, and we saw the exact same thing on the ultrasound that we had seen the week prior. Like nothing had changed. Um, and he asked us, do you want pictures of the ultrasound? And I said, yes. I hadn't even think thought to ask that. Yeah. But he was like, these pictures are important for you. You need them. Um, and I'm so thankful he did because yeah. that's all the pictures we have of Peanut. Mm. <laughs> um, so he printed a couple pictures for us, and then he took us into his office, and he set us down, and he said, okay, um, what do you know, and what do you need to know? And... All that whole week I had done tons I like of that. researching. Mm-hmm. Can I just like interrupt? Yeah. I like that I like everything. phrase. I like everything I like, so far yeah. that he has done. I like him. And provided. <laughs> we like him. Yeah. This doctor was amazing. I'm so thankful for but him. What do you know and what do you need to know? Yeah. Yeah. Well done. So I had done a bunch of researching that week and stumbled upon a website called stillbirthday.com. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have, they have, so much information about what birth looks like mm-hmm. in every gestation. Um, and it was helpful for me in my doula side of my brain to acknowledge that this would be a birth yeah. because this was a baby. Yep. And even if he was a teeny tiny little bitty baby, it was still a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and that my body would go through birth. Um, so I told him that I was like, I know that this is a birth and I know that this is a baby. Um, and I think that we want to do things as naturally as we can, if that's possible. And he said, okay, if that's what you want to do, we'll support you in it. Um, and he said, right now I'm not concerned about infection or anything. When I, when he did the ultrasound, he had looked 
or infection in my uterus and hadn't seen anything that gave him any concern. Um, and he said, we'll schedule another appointment for next week. Um, and if you still haven't miscarried by then, then we'll probably need to talk about a DNC. But for now, I'm, I'm comfortable with if you want to go the natural route, then we can try that. Um, and he said, uh, he said that this is the one thing that he did have wrong. <laughs> he said, it'll be like a miscarriage or it'll be like a, a, mm. a period. I like a heavy period. That. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he said, but if you're concerned at all, then go to the ER. Um, and I was like, okay, I guess. <laughs> so we went home and, um, kept on praying and kept on um, asking the Lord to help us to trust him and kept on grieving. But it was like this weird limbo of we're waiting for something to happen that we don't want to happen, but mm-hmm. we also do want it to happen. And mm-hmm. um, anyone who's gone through a miscarriage knows that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we went home. And then the evening of January 5th, um, I started feeling what I knew was contractions, um, based on being a doula and telling clients what contractions would feel like, yeah. um, without ever having experienced them before. <laughs> um, so I was, I was pretty sure it was contractions. And then I also started bleeding. Hmm. Um, and I, t- I, <laughs> This sounds so bad, but I got really excited and I told my husband, it's starting and my body's doing what it's supposed to do um, and everything's normal. (laughs) Um, I think you just have a different perspective on it. Like it's like the the glass is half full. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, it's nobody wants to be put into this position or have this be a part of their story, but you can't change it when it's happening and Mm -hmm. you can shift the way that your brain thinks. But the really nerdy side of my brain took over. And I was like, I'm going to time contractions. And (laughs) um, so I did. And I I did time contractions until we went to bed. Mm. Um, And I even checked my cervix. (laughs) I checked my own cervix. And I was a centimeter dilated when we went to bed. Um, So, like, I knew my body was going through the process of birth. Um, And I knew as a doula, you tell your clients, to rest during early labor because they'll need that energy for later. Um, so I knew that I needed to go to bed. I needed to rest as much as I could um, because I knew that I would need that energy for later in the night. Um, so we went to bed and then I woke up um, and the contractions had gotten much stronger and were much closer together. And I was bleeding a lot heavier. Um, so I went to the bathroom and pretty quickly it got to the point where I couldn't even get up from the bathroom, uh, from the toilet because I was bleeding so heavily. Um, and looking back, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I was bleeding way too much, um, mm. way harder and way faster than is healthy and normal, um, even during miscarriage. Um, but that was one thing that I hadn't been able to find information about that I didn't know. Um, so... About three-ish in the morning, um, I started feeling like I was going to throw up, and but I couldn't get off of the toilet without making a huge mess. So I called for my husband to bring me something to throw up into. <laughs> um, 
and he happened to walk into the bathroom just as I passed out. Um, and he caught me. Um, so my head didn't hit anything. I didn't get hurt in the process, but passed out from blood loss and weakness and all of the, all of the trauma. (laughs) Um, and that was the most traumatizing part of it all for him, for sure. Um, no one expects to catch someone who's passing out. Wow. Um, yeah. So he waited for me to come to and was kind of, I mean, that was the most undone I have ever seen my husband. He's normally mm-hmm. very level-headed. Um, well, that'll do it, though. Mm-hmm. It should Yeah, for sure. a moment to be undone. So he carried me out to the car, down the stairs, <laughs> everything to the car. Um, he even had the presence of mind to put towels down on the, oh <laughs> on the car seat. Um, and drove me the three minutes to the ER. And we get in there and... Uh, I was very clearly and obviously bleeding out. Um, wow. Like there was no doubt about it, but the the nurse at the desk was much more concerned about asking me the COVID screening questions <laughs> than she was about oh. the fact that I was bleeding to death in her lobby. Oh. <laughs> and then when my husband mentioned something about it and said, can we please get her seen? Then she called security on him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and Yeah. So that was also kind of traumatizing. For sure. Um, she was like, you're you're not allowed back there, sir. And he was like, I understand, but my wife needs to be seen by someone. Um, and the security were you conscious? Guard not... Like, do you re- were you I, going in and out? I was most <laughs> conscious. Yeah. I don't know. It was a weird, like. Out-of-body experience. Yeah. 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 Kind of out-of-body. Like, that certain things are super vivid in my mind, but other things had to be filled in by my husband or other people afterwards. Um, I don't know. It was weird. So eventually, I don't know how long it was, but, um, the security guard realized how much of an emergency was going on. And he was the one that wheeled me back to a room and called a doctor, not the nurse. Did they even Um, know you were miscarrying or did, did that not get get communicated? My husband told them, we know that she's miscarrying, but she passed out in the bathroom. Um, and so we went back there and the doctor came in and he started asking me all the COVID screening questions oh, and like, gosh. didn't even look at me. Um, and then started asking me like, so they said that you're miscarrying. Has anyone in your family ever had a miscarriage? Is this your first baby? Those kinds of questions. And I grabbed his arm and I said, I need you to understand that I'm going to pass out again. And then I did. And then I, I can't answer your questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so when I came to, they finally were taking me seriously. Mm. Um, and I had IVs in both arms and nurses running around. And someone was talking about the possibility of transfusion. And um, But I felt a lot better <laughs> when I did come to. I think those fluids were really helpful for wow. me. Um, and like I remember for mm-hmm. you. Yeah, it was another of those weird out-of-body experiences where I remember thinking, I should be really scared right now because I might die, Mm. but I'm really not scared. And all those prayers for the Lord to help us to trust Him are working, Um, and I feel a lot of peace, and I don't understand why, but I'm thankful for it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, so I, I remember thinking, no one's communicated with my husband, and I don't have my phone 
And so I started asking, can somebody tell my husband what's going on? Can somebody talk to my husband? He needs to know what's going on. Um, and also he was, was just in the lobby was, was waiting. waiting for you. He was waiting in the car because oh. the nurse didn't want him. In. Oh. <laughs> so he was waiting in the car in the parking lot. Um, and sometime around there, um, I passed the baby and that ER doctor who originally had not paid any attention to me, he like flipped switches and, and was, ended up being super compassionate and kind. And, um, he brought our little tiny baby to me, um, so that I could meet him and touch him, um, and see his body. <laughs> um, and I mean, it was a five week gestational sack. There wasn't a whole lot to see. <laughs> I could tell where his heart was hmm. um, and where his head was. Um, and then he said, I'm going to personally make sure that your husband is okay and that he knows that you are okay. Wow. Um, and I found out later that he went out and called my husband um, and had my husband come into the waiting room and he showed him our baby, Aww. our baby's body and allowed Colton to take pictures of the baby and, and different things. Um, which I think was technically breaking protocols, but I don't care. Mm. <laughs> I'm really thankful that he did um, because that was something my husband and I needed at that moment. Wow, that is really um, important that he did that. Yeah. And then um, we have a friend, a very close friend that I consider like a second mom, um, that she works in that ER and she just happened to be working that morning. Um so when she got to the hospital, she saw Colton out in the car, um, and she knew right away. I don't know how she knew, but she knew immediately that we were having a miscarriage, and no one had told her that we were pregnant, but mm. she jumped to that conclusion, and she was right. Um, so she went to my husband and prayed with him out by the car and um, gave him a hug and was really the person that he needed at that moment. Um, at like six o'clock in the morning <laughs> and then she clocked in and came straight to my room and she had, um, a miscarriage, the baby before one of my best friends, mm -hmm. that's her daughter. Um, so she knew, she knew all of that pain. She knew what I was going through. Um, and so she knew what to say and wow. she knew how to love me at that moment. Um, what a blessing. And yeah, so it was um, one of the sweetest things in the world to see her come through that door wow. <laughs> of that room. Um, and she gave me hugs and she said, I'm going to text your mama and tell her that you're okay. And um, she was what my mom needed at that moment, too. Yeah. My mom was thousands of miles away in Arizona. Um, so I, I don't know. So <laughs> what's Peanut's allowed... birthday? Uh, January 6th, January 6th. Yeah, 2021. Oh, he just had a birthday. So that was, yeah, just two years ago. Mm. Um, yeah, so we went home and started processing all of this again and decided to tell our church about it. Um, and our church just stepped up so much and they provided meals for us for like a month afterwards. Um, we had so much food. <laughs> Our fridge was uh -huh. so full of leftovers. 
Um, and one less thing that you have to worry about. Yeah. There were a couple different ladies in the church who literally just came over to sit on my couch and pray with me and cry with me and let me know that they loved me. Um, and they just loved us so well. (laughs) Um, and if anyone diminished or like talked down about our loss, it was me. Um, no one, no one in our circle, um, tried to minimize it. It was, this was a baby that you loved and that baby is with the Lord now, but we understand that you're grieving and we're going to grieve with you. Um, and I'm really, really, really thankful for that. I know a lot of people don't have that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know how we would have made it through those early days without our church. So, um, yeah. And then I learned a few months later that still birthday, that website where I had learned so much, um, that they certified bereavement doulas to support moms through loss. Yes, ma'am. So so I took their training. Yeah, um, you did. About, (laughs) yeah. And I became a bereavement doula. And, um, so I've had the, the privilege of supporting, moms through the birth of babies not alive um and um through early losses like mine and through much later losses too mm-hmm. but um it's interesting how all of that history of being in the birth world and loving birth has translated to this birth after loss thing yeah. <laughs> for me um, it's just another piece in my story and another piece of the puzzle that I think the Lord has used to allow me to support other people and um, to be that person who understands and who gets it for a lot of moms. So, and that in the middle of your pain, you know, there's beauty from the ashes, as you know. And yeah. yeah. That's what He does is to take us through these really hard things to help support others in you know that same comfort we received Mm -hmm. so it's i you know my mouth has been like on the on the ground Mm -hmm. over here you know what you had to walk through and but even you knew a lot more than i think most moms right knew no going through an early term loss that was another grace of the lord (laughs) you know um and so you were you mean you almost like you knew what you needed to do right but even just it's like ish you know my cervix is dilated and i'm 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 giving birth and those things unless you know them right you don't know what's happening right you're Um, blind yeah Yeah. and to to be able to speak up for yourself and i mean your husband is amazing Mm -hmm. um so many cool pieces (laughs) to your story (laughs) you know while you're here and what an honor it is to hear that and I, I know it has definitely changed who you are as a doula. Mm-hmm. I mean, as as a person, 100%. as a mom, you know, mm-hmm. all the things. But to be able to provide, yeah, very much so. you know, going forward, just if you're doulaing, you know, a live baby, right. I mean, there's a piece of you now that is more capable yeah, to handle any situation. Right. I think I'm, I started the pregnancy after loss doula because I just realized there's so much more that goes into a pregnancy after having experienced loss Mm -hmm. that a lot of people don't acknowledge or understand. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot more anxiety and a lot more fears Mm -hmm. and 
um, a lot of doulas don't even understand that and they don't know how to doula someone right. through that kind of pregnancy or birth. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I, yeah, we love the birthday. Um, we use mm-hmm. their training for our doulas yeah. so that they're birth and bereavement I, trained. And it's amazing. I'm so thankful for it. Yeah, Heidi's great. Um, yeah, she is. She's one of my favorite people. Someday I hope to meet her. Mm-hmm. Same Z's. <laughs> Well, I am, we are blessed by your story um, and your testimony, Sarah. Um, Thank you for, well, I guess thank us for stalking you. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say if um, the listeners want to find you on Instagram, what is your handle? Yeah, it's at pregnancy after loss doula. It's kind of long. That's okay. Pregnancy after loss doula. And what is the area you serve? I mean, like how many, if anybody's listening around your area and if they need a doula. Yeah to reach out so in person um in person i serve the asheville and greenville ish areas okay um asheville north carolina and greenville south carolina but i also do offer virtual services um, internationally wow so that's a thing too <laughs> technology mm-hmm. that's super COVID. awesome <laughs> it's pretty cool that. actually most of my most of my clients have been virtual clients which I never thought would be a thing. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Really cool. Well, thank you so much for calling in this morning, Sarah, and sharing your heart and being vulnerable. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, and sharing baby peanut with with us. Um, I'm excited to kind of check in with you and see how this podcast even you know, gets out there and, right. and moms that are going to yeah. find you and, right. you know, you're going to be the answer to somebody's prayers, um, you know, That's going through the this goal. So yeah, really, really thankful and, and honored to, to know you. So thanks for calling thanks. in again. And thanks, thanks listeners for tuning in. Stay tuned next week for another episode of Confessions of a Grieving Mother.